Hey guys, welcome to Upper Room. We're glad you're here. Amazing. We're, we got a special treat this morning before we do. Um, I just, I just wanna encourage, there's a scripture that I read this morning that I feel like is pertinent for where we were in worship. Uh, and it's in John 12. If you have your Bibles, could you flip open to John 12 real quick? We're gonna, we have some special friends that are in this morning, but I wanted to look at a moment in Jesus's life. It's a significant hour. Um, now the Bible talks about a day of trouble, which I think is important that trouble does come in a day, a 24-hour period. Um, and how we respond to those moments is so important for the state of our heart, the condition of our heart. Oftentimes it's do not let your hearts be what? Troubled. But the day of trouble is really important. So oftentimes we don't realize why our hearts are wonky and we got weird fruit. Well, if we look back, oftentimes we can say there was a day, there was a moment. And the trajectory of my heart from that moment has now landed in a place of ickiness. It's like hope deferred makes the heart what? Sick. And so Jesus is facing not a day of trouble, he's facing the hour of trouble. And, and I, I, it, is, it is so revelatory about how Jesus faced the trouble internally that was before him. And it was greater trouble than anyone in this room will go through. It's greater trouble than any of us collectively will go through. He was about to bear the sins of the world. It's why he came. It was the mission and mandate that he had. And in John 12, 27... He's approaching that hour, he's approaching that moment that he was born for. In fact, eternity passed from the foundations of the world. He was the lamb who was what? Slain. So here he is coming to the moment. It's the pinnacle of all that exists. He who all things were created by, for, are moving towards. He's facing the moment that all of creation is created upon, it's his obedience, like the pressure of this moment, it is profound what he's facing. I, you can't even put it into words. Here he is, John 12, 27. Now my soul, so inwardly, his heart, his will, his emotions, his, his mind, his, his being had become troubled. That word for trouble, that's an inward stirring. He's vexed, and he says, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Now, this is most of our prayers when we face trouble. <laughs> save me! <laughs> Help! So-so! <laughs> like, rescue! Get me out of this! And I feel that song that, that, that Matt wrote is so pertinent for some of us in the room. Because... Jesus, Jesus doesn't pray that. Jesus doesn't pray, save me from this hour. Look at his perspective. He says, but for this purpose, I came to this hour. He found purpose in his trouble. He found purpose in the, in, 
in the storm. He found purpose in this inward stirring and commotion. But he's going to do something that gives him leverage over that thing that is attempting to overcome him. And, and, and so for this purpose, this is a, a, is it a fulcrum? Is that what it's called when you use it to get leverage over something? It's a fulcrum moment for him where he's, he's taking the purposes of God, here's his trouble, and he's going to use it as a leverage to get on top of it. To see something from the Father's perspective that will enable him to be liberated. And this is, this is so important. He looks to heaven and he prays the song that we were just singing. He looks to heaven and he says, Father, glorify your name. Bring greatness to your name through the trouble that I'm facing. Lord, bring forth your purposes through what I'm facing. Lord, let the fingerprints of my creator be upon this moment. And, and listen to this. It says, then a voice came out of heaven. So he's praying to heaven, Father, glorify your name. And then this voice comes down from heaven, the Father to the Son, the Son to the Father, and, and listen to what the voice says. He says, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. I will glorify it, and I will glorify it again. What, what is he saying? He's saying, I, I, I see, and I want you to live in the trouble from glory to glory. I've glorified it, and I'll glorify it again. We, we love to say, let's go from glory to glory, brother. <laughs> from faith to faith, from strength to strength. But here's the problem is the trouble in our lives like, we love to look back and go, oh, yes, that was a glorious season now. <laughs> but it's from glory to glory. And I was sitting with the Lord, and I said, Lord, I feel like that word to is way too small. <laughs> because oftentimes the glory to glory, it's not just to glory. Many times it is glory to... <laughs> like, there's so many O's on that oftentimes, but I'm telling you, he's setting you up for a knowledge and an understanding of who he is through the storm that you're in. I know people that are on the mountaintops this week. Uh, Oscar the Gamboas had their baby. It's amazing, little Sylvie. So uh, it's so cool. But I know other couples uh, this week that, that weren't as fortunate. And, and I've watched... In the high and the low, both respond in faith and say, this is for your glory. You are Lord and you are in charge of this. And I think, it, it, again, it's a fulcrum for our heart to get on top of whatever's attempting to get on top of us. And so if that's you this morning, I, I just, I really felt there's an impartation. I don't know if we're going to put that song on. I don't know what we're going to do with that song, but if you can get access to that song, I feel like... There's a, a, a deposit of faith that the Lord wants to put inside of you to live from glory to glory, from strength to strength. Because this season, <laughs> it, it doesn't have to define you. Like, it, it, just because you're in the darkness doesn't mean that <laughs> the Lord's leadership isn't present. It can redefine you. 
It can redefine things, but oftentimes I think we think our plight will define us. This is just what I'm allotted. But I'm telling you, God will take any cards that you're holding today. If you'll surrender them to him, he will bring forth his glory, his purposes. He will bring forth breakthrough, hope. If you're breathing in this room, he's not finished with you. And so just that you would find hope today to get out of the substances, to get out of, I just felt, honestly, the reason I'm saying everything that I'm saying is I feel like there's growing addictions in the hearts of some people in this room because of the pain and you're numbing it. But I believe that if you can get a glimpse of the glory that's before you, hope will infuse your heart and you will begin to praise him, you'll begin to worship him, you will begin to respond differently than just insulating yourself on the inside. If you're insulating, you need to hear what I'm saying. He's gonna take you from glory to glory, but he wants to reveal himself to you in the midst of your mess. He's the Messiah of the mess, amen? amen. All right, I'm not gonna preach today, but I probably could. <laughs> uh, we have some special friends. We've had an amazing weekend. Um, I, I, before I do that, I, I just wanna be sensitive to the spirit. If that's you, if what I'm saying is resonating, would you just lift your hand? Like, I needed to hear that. Okay, if someone's sitting next to them, just place your hand on them, and we just say, Lord, the just walk by faith, not by sight. So, Lord, may they have faith to believe that you're going to bring forth your glory out of what they're going through in the name of Jesus. Set their minds above, set their hearts above. Above all else, may their hearts be guarded in the trouble that they're going through. Lord, you will be faithful to this day. You will be faithful to this hour. And we go from glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength. We pray deliverance in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Okay. Um, I, uh, I don't know if Aaron, um, I'm, I'm sure he did and, and don't know if many of you heard, but that was Matt and Beth Redmond. We are so glad that you guys are here. Uh, such an honor that you're here from California, and um, your, your family's here. They have five kids, and uh, three of them are here. So I know we have Levi, Jocko, and, and Rocco. Did I say Jocko? J <laughs> we are glad you're here. <laughs> They've got five of them. So I wanted to take some time this morning and... If, if Matt was going to be here, I wanted to interview him. And, uh, and so I wanted to invite uh, Matt to come up. And then uh, another friend of mine that's here. And it's, it's really special because um, with, with, uh, with Matt being here, another friend that's here. How many of you uh, were a part of the Spanish recording that we did on Thursday night and Friday night? Okay, if you don't know, we, we just uh, did a Spanish recording um, it was uh, two nights, Thursday night and Friday night. It was filled, this room was, um, with Latinos worshiping Jesus. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't understand a word that was sung or said, but my spirit was doing somersaults. Uh, man, the Lord was, was, was so present. And to go around and to see so many upper rumors, uh, uh, that's their roots. They are Latino. They uh, speak Spanish. And I would walk around and I would see them crying. Uh, because of what God uh, was doing um, in this room. Uh, there was just such a purity, such a freedom. Um, and, and so when we decided uh, back in the day to do this Spanish album, 
uh, we were praying about someone in South America to partner with. And uh, I asked the guys, I was like, who, who would be someone that we would want to partner with? And they said, without a doubt, it would be Marcos Burnett. And, uh, and Marcos, Marcos is, uh, is uh, based in Argentina. He was born in Brazil. Um, and I have been amazed at the purity of this man's heart. Um, he is a big deal in his nation and on his continent. Uh, and he has kept the main thing, the main thing. He's not only a worship leader, a pastor. He has a house of prayer. Uh, for the last uh, 40 days, when we were doing the 40 days, their community was um, fasting with us for 40 days. And um, they've written uh, songs, the Maranatha theme. One of the songs in Spanish was uh, getting the Latino community to sing Maranatha, the Lord is returning. And, uh, and so um, I wanted to invite Marcos up here. I think Joel's going to interpret for him. So um, would you guys come up? Would you also give it up for uh, Marcos Burnett, Joel? Uh, put you here. Come on. So glad y'all are here. Surprise. So, um, the, only the Lord could do this. Like, we did not, we did not, like, orchestrate this morning. I was actually supposed to speak on parenting this morning. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll, we'll kick it to next week. But, but as I, we were, we were had a pool party yesterday and these guys were here. And uh, just to think about the, the significance, um, you know, worship has been our thing, house of prayer, uh, just ministering to the Lord. And then when, when these guys were sitting in my living room yesterday, I was like, man, I just got to push play on their hearts and uh, to get them to talk about um, why they're doing what they're doing, what they're sensing from the Lord. And so one of the, one of the revelations I wanted to start out was with Marcos is, is Songs of Solomon 4-6 was a main theme for uh, the Spanish album. And it, it's awake, O north wind, come south wind. And one of the revelations we had was the winds of the spirit from North America to South America, something's converging. And I just wanted you to talk about that because I think, I think Matt and what he's been a part of in North America and Europe, what you've been a part of in South America, I do feel there's a convergence, but it's a convergence of purity. It's a convergence of, of, of a new, new breed of songwriters, this, the language. Both of you were saying similar things to me yesterday, and so I just wanted you to talk about that. Um, Primeramente, un privilegio estar aquí con ustedes. First off, it's a privilege being in the room with you guys. Conocer a Matt Redman y, y saber que él va por Liverpool. Me gusta. Es un asunto de soccer. It's a soccer thing. I want to read the actual text in the Bible. Songs of Solomon 4.16. If we could put it on the screen. Yeah, Songs of Solomon is a romance. It's a book of romance. But it's a very prophetic message for the church as well. Jesus and the church. Like the husband and the bride. Y la canción expresa mucho el corazón. And, the, and songs express a lot of what the heart wants to say. Sí, sí. Y, y el Señor le gusta nuestra canción. And the Lord loves our song. 
Y en, en esa parte de Cantar de los Cantares hay un cambio in this, in, in, la, in el romance. In this part of Songs of Solomon, there's actually a change in the romance. Dice, despierta, viento del norte, ven viento del sur, y que hagas de mi jardín que se desprendan fragancias. Awake, O north wind, and come wind of the sound, and make my garden breathe out. So there's like a, a breathing out of the garden. Y mi amado viene a comer de sus mejores frutos. And my lover will come and eat of its best fruits. Eh, la, la Biblia cuando menciona de vientos en Salmo 104 habla que vientos tiene que ver con mensajeros. Um, in Psalms 104, when the Bible talks about wind, it means messengers. Creo que Dios está uniendo los mensajeros del norte con los mensajeros del sur. Um, I believe that the Lord is gathering the messengers from the north and the south. Para preparar el huerto del Señor. To prepare the garden of the Lord. Para preparar el regreso del Señor. To prepare the return of the Lord. Para preparar un lugar para nuestro amado. To prepare a place for our lover. Pero, pero la parte más importante de este texto. But the most important part of this text. No son los mensajeros. It's del, not the messengers. Del norte ni del sur. Of the north or the south. Sino que nuestro amado viene al jardín. But actually the fact that our beloved is coming to his garden. Y él viene a probar de sus mejores frutos. And he's coming to eat of the best fruits. Y que los mejores frutos son los que pasaron las tribulaciones and the best fruits are the ones that have been through tribulations son los que florecieron a pesar del desierto the ones that bloomed even though they were in the desert y creo que hay unos mejores frutos que están saliendo de la iglesia post pandemia some of the best fruits are coming out of the church post pandemic y que él es digno because he's worthy. Él es digno. He's worthy. Él merece los mejores frutos. He deserves the best fruits. Él merece los mejores frutos. He deserves the best fruits. Podrías levantar tus manos y declarar tú eres digno. lift up your hands. Y decir tú eres digno. Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy, Lord. Tú eres digno del norte. You're worthy. Del norte. Oh, of the north. Tú eres digno del sur. Of the south. Tú eres, tú eres el rey de toda la tierra. You're the king of all the earth. Ven a tu jardín. Come to your garden. Y come de tus mejores frutos. And come eat Gracias of the best fruits. Gracias por la unidad del Espíritu. Thank you for the unity of the Spirit. Somos uno en Cristo Jesús. We are one in Jesus Christ. Come Amen. on. I don't know where to go from there. That's so good. Isn't it like when he's saying those words, you have no idea what he's saying, but you're like, yeah, there's something on that. It's so good. Um, Matt, what do, you, what do you hear when you hear that from uh, Marcos just about um, worship being a means to the Lord breathing on his garden? Uh, I really feel you have such a pulse on uh, not only where we've been as a church and what you've seen, but where we're going. And uh, does that resonate with you, or what, what comes alive inside of you when you hear that? Well, one thing would be, um, are you going to translate for me, too? <laughs> we do See, need that. Do you uh, well, speak Texan? One, one thing would be... Um, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> okay. Just what we talked about yesterday, the unity thing. That somehow, it, you know, we've, we've not done a very good job as, as flowing like a river in the church. We've got all these different streams. And sometimes you lose the power of what could happen, right? And when you talk about the North and the South come together, I, that's what I hear. I hear, Unity. like, we're going to be stronger because of that, you know, and it's going to make more of an impact in the world because of that. And 
So that, yeah, that's, that's mm. definitely a thing where, mm. I mean, Beth and I have the privilege of living, um, ministering in so many different streams of the church, and I love that. And just seeing something beautiful in so many different streams, but sometimes there's that, that heartache side of, I wish we could flow together a bit more. You know, mm. we can get, there's things we can get on the same page. Mm. And, when, and when we do, it's so powerful. Mm. We were a part of a, an event in Trafalgar Square in, in the middle of London um, a couple of years ago. About 8,000 people there. And it was the head of the Anglican church was on stage, the head of the Baptist church, the head of the Methodist, the head of the Pentecostal church in the UK, the head of the Coptic church, the head of the Orthodox church, the head of the Catholic church. And they're all on stage kneeling and praying and we we have the privilege to be up there and lead but kneeling and praying for the nation together and i just thought man this wouldn't have happened 10 years ago we're on the same stage calling out to jesus together for for the nation wow wow i I think there's something about prayer and worship uh there's such a common denominator there especially um especially when it comes to singing scriptures uh when it comes to the person of jesus um, and so I, I, I think worship is a means to that unity. Um, do you, in, in light of what you've seen, uh, do you feel that um, in North America, I, I know you and Jeremy Riddle have recently released uh, a podcast, which is beautiful. If you haven't listened to it, it's called Redman and Riddle. And it's just the... It's just a little Brit man and a USA guy trapped in a room talking about worship. <laughs> It is so good, you though. Know, following is... in the footsteps of some great partnerships. You've got, you know, Maggie Thatcher, Ronald Reagan. You've got <laughs> Winston Churchill and FDR. You know, Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder did a song together. We're just trying to You're just get in, in that, that flow. <laughs> Man, like, we are all Anglican. so grateful for that. We are indebted. England and America <laughs> together again. <laughs> it is awesome, but I... I've watched Jeremy and I've watched uh, the same yesterday. I saw the same conviction in you, uh, almost an obligation to get out what you're feeling convicted of for worship cultures. Just uh, there's, a, there's a, a, a plumb line or a standard that I feel like you guys are reestablishing for us in regards to purity. And, uh, and I would just love for you to speak towards that, just what you're feeling convicted about for North America, in uh, the worship culture that you see? Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's just that we've been trying so hard to get our worship into the world that, unfortunately, some of the world's got into our worship. Uh, and, and the sad thing, or it, when the challenge is to take our cues, really, from, from Scripture, not from culture. You know, we've taken too many cues from culture, and that's a sad thing. But we've got to, we've got to go back and run it through the filter of Scripture. Like, was this... Was this what it's meant to look like? And of course, it's not going to be exactly the same with 2021, but, but the other values are the same. Is the approach the same? Is, is the central facets of what we're doing here, do they match up with the Bible? And, 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 and the podcast and, and where we're kind of at isn't a takedown. It's just, you know, it's just really a, let's have a, at least have a conversation. Let's, could, is there a way of reimagining this? especially after something like the pandemic where we've got a chance to have a blank canvas and mm. rethink through some of the things we do and the way we do them. So the first, the, the first episode is called um, Encounter Versus Entertainment. And it's just looking at the fact like, have we become like performers instead of priests? 
So we, we're getting up there to lead our, our worship and there's just been an overemphasis on things like excellence. Now excellence is a good thing, but it has to be subservient to some other values, right? And so, you know, can, can, we, can we pull it back to, to a place where we, we're becoming priests of the Lord again in this moment and, and what we sung this morning, let's minister to the Lord together. And, and, um, and then we've got a, uh, a chapter on, uh, sorry, a chapter, a podcast. The book's coming. No, it's not. Uh, a book, um, holiness versus helpfulness. And it's a little bit like what we sung this morning. You know, we mustn't get into this trap where we only sing to God and worship him for the aspects of his character and nature that are a direct benefit to us. So, you know, I, it's, I'm not going to just sing because you bless me. I'm going to sing because you're holy. Wow. You know, so, so we're not just going to sing. We, we will sing because he's shepherd, but we'll all sing, so sing the Lord reigns. We'll, we'll, we'll sing because of all these blessings he pours. Of course we will. But we must make sure we're also singing just because he's holy, holy, holy. And, and have some songs where we're not even in the song. We don't even get a Come mention on. in the song. You know, we sung it this morning, um, worthy of it all. We don't get a mention in that song. That's not, that, we don't get, show, hi, I'm here still. You know, it's, that song is all about the throne room of God and the God who's on his throne. And, and I love that. I love the language of that where we can just sometimes say, I don't even need to sing about me in this one. You know, even as a songwriter, sometimes you can, you know, I'll go through and I count up the number of times in a song I've written that I said me or my or our, our or we or, and I'm like, oh no, this song was meant to be about Jesus. It's actually about me. <laughs> you know, he says it that so many times and it hardly, he hardly even, we hardly even mention him or we don't give any of his names and titles. So it's just a challenge, I guess, to say, you know, how can we get our worship into the world, but not the world into our worship. It's not, you know, the, it's not the, the ship in the sea that sinks the ship. Right. It, it's the sea in the ship. So the, the ship's meant to be in the sea. That's what it's made for. We're meant to be out there on the ocean waves doing our thing. But we have to be so careful the sea doesn't get into the ship. Otherwise, we lose our distinctive. You know, our, our distinctive, the people of God in the presence of God, pouring out the praise of God. There's no entertainment on earth that can compare with that. When that's really happening, when that dynamic, that fact is really in play, there's nothing on earth that can compare with that. And so we have to, um, you know, uh, like Moses when he says, Lord, don't send me without your presence. What else would distinguish us? We have to take our distinguishing factors and, and, and kind of grow in those because realizing they're the thing that make us stand out. That, the song you wrote this morning, uh, Ministry to the Lord, that's language that's pretty common in this room with our community, but I don't know necessarily on a, on a broader scale, ministering to the Lord is talked a lot about. Um, can you tell us a little bit of, of where that song came from and, and talk about that phrase, what it means to you, ministry to the Lord? Uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I would agree with you. A lot, a lot of places we go, that wouldn't be the common language. It's all like we're going to sing together, but actually, just, um, just that first and foremost activity of I'm coming today with one thing in mind above all others. I'm going to draw near to God, and I'm going to bring Him praise. I'm going to bring Him an offering. And um, you know, for me, it's uh, it would be the thing that sometimes gets lost when we're planning our big meetings with all our production and 
this thing's going to happen, that thing, and it's going to be this lights and that thing. And sometimes the thing that keeps this kind of sliding over to the side is we're ministering to the Lord together here. We've started to try and make it so comfortable for ourselves, you know, and so pleasing to everyone who comes. And there's, there's some good reasons for that. You know, sometimes it's to be welcoming and be relevant and for, for people who, who don't know the Lord and bring them in. But, but the, the thing about ministering to the Lord is the first and foremost focus of why we're gathering together sometimes gets a little shoved to the side, right? You know, I, one of my favorite stories, favorite and first stories that I heard about Marcos was um, that he was leading, and I don't know if it was a stadium, it was a big event, and they introduced him to come on stage, but he didn't go out. And he had them move his microphone off stage, and he led the entire worship service from behind the stage because he didn't want to take the place in the people's heart that the Lord was intended to have. And it, it marked me so deeply just hearing that he had done that. And so um, I think this is a revelation that's deep in your heart. Can you talk a little bit about ministering to the Lord? Why, why wouldn't you take the stage that night? I hadn't asked you that. We should always be obedient to the Spirit of God. And I'm still learning. <laughs> that sometimes when we actually want to be seen is probably the times where we should be hidden. And that sometimes when we want to be hidden, that's when God wants to show us. It's so true. So it's really not a formula. It's obedience. In the kingdom of God, experience is not really accounted for. What actually counts is our dependence on Him. So actually, worship is completely dependent or connected to obedience. I was thinking about what happened the past couple of days here. La adoración que Dios recibió no comenzó con las canciones en la plataforma. The worship that God received didn't start from the songs that were sung on the, on the platform. Cuando ustedes dijeron sí al Señor para hacerlo. But when actually everyone in this house said yes to doing this. Mm. Nick, Nick. Eh, Oscar, eh, y el sueño de la pastora. The dream that Larissa had. Porque ustedes pueden haber tenido una palabra pero no obedecer. Because you could have gotten a word but then not obey the word. Y dentro de la obediencia. But in obedience. Está el cómo. Is the is the what? No. Is the how. how is the how. how is the how. Good. You don't need me, man. I don't need to be. Is the how. He's in church. <laughs> Call me out, man. Call me out. Para Dios. And for God. Es importante el cómo. Is, 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 is the, the how is very important for God. Mm -hmm. How are we expressing ourselves? So we've organized events. We organized a very big event. We invited a bunch of people. Era una, un altar de adoración. It was an altar of worship. Que llamamos América adora Jesús. That we, that it's called America worships God. Y había miles de personas en un, en un There's parque. thousands of people in a park. 
<laughs> and God said, don't get on stage. None of the team get, don't get on stage. And so we, we, we had invested a lot into this event. And we didn't show up. <laughs> But that was our worship. <laughs> so again, I repeat, it's not a formula. So it doesn't mean that everyone has to do that. But you must obey the voice that's telling you what to do. But worship has nothing to do with what I want to give him, but with what he wants to receive. This is so good. <laughs> Good translator. I'm getting wrecked, man. I don't know if he's translating everything that I'm saying. I hope you're understanding. Yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it. Um, something I want to talk about is, uh, I think... I think God, there's such purpose in worship and such purpose in, uh, you know, songs being a means to worship corporately. And um, I, I, I was listening to an interview that you were doing, Matt, and it was uh, after you had been awarded, I think you got two Grammys for 10,000 reasons. Um, but, but the... the which I loved your humility in this interview, you, you talked about though a testimony that came in the next morning um, and just the common testimonies that you've heard from that song and others. And so I wanna talk about the purpose of the songs because we have a ton of songwriters, we're writing songs. Um, I, I wanna take this in a direction, but I'd love for you just to share some of those testimonies because it just so blessed me hearing about the, the, yeah. the stories behind some of the music. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to me what can happen with a song. You know, it can go into the deepest part of someone's life and their heart, and it can maybe show up in the most intense moment of their life and become a little helpful soundtrack for them. And, it, and it's really fascinating to me because it's, it's a bit, uh, what Marcus said, it's no, there's no formula. So a song like 10,000 Reasons would be an example. I mean, I've been writing songs for three decades, and I, I still don't really know what I'm doing in some ways. You know, there's, there's that um, great quote, Oswald Chambers, complete weakness and dependence will mm -hmm. always be the occasion yeah. for the Spirit of God to manifest yeah. His power. Yeah. Complete weakness and dependence will always be the occasion for the Spirit of God yeah. to manifest His power. So I kind of like in a way that I don't always know. I'm not, you can't become an expert at writing worship songs. You can become an expert at write, writing songs. You know, you, I know how to complete a song. I know how to structure a song. I know how to shape a song. But I don't know how to take a song and and somehow make it resonate in people's hearts and lives and souls in a way that really transports them to God, right? And, and, and that would be an example one, 10,000 Reasons. We wrote it like 1.30 a.m. in a little English chapel one night. Um, and it came so quickly that I didn't think it was finished. It doesn't have a pre-chorus, it doesn't have a bridge, a normal thing that a lot of our songs would have. So I wasn't even gonna put it on the record. And then someone else in the team said, this song needs to go on. And then we led it and then just saw God breathing on it. And uh, wow. it's such a simple song. It's, it's literally four chords and the truth. You know, it might not even have four. I don't know. It's like 
it's four calls in the truth. And, it, and it's, um, but some of the stories that have come back. So, the, so we ended up, Beth and I, in, in LA on you know, stage getting the Grammys. And then the next morning, the first email I read was from someone who said, uh, you know, last, uh, last night we were in hospital uh, with my uncle who was passing away and there was 30 of us all gathered and we were singing this song over him. And as we were singing the song, he went to be with Jesus. And, and it was such a mm. reminder for me, such a kind reminder from mm. God about that. Last night, that was fun and that's a part of the entrustment. That's good, but here's what it's mm. really about, you know. And, he, and, and it was, we've had so many stories, you know, especially from that song, honestly, like... Uh, we had these, there were these prisoners in, in Bali who were on um, death row for drug trafficking offenses that they committed about nine years before. Since then, they become Christians, like wonderfully saved and by all means transformed and transforming the environment in that prison. But the authorities decided they still had to face their mm. consequence. And um, we got this report back from one of the pastors that were there that, were, that as they were facing the firing squad, they were singing 10,000 Reasons. And, and that taught me a few things that day, like who's really the worship leader? You know, sometimes we're up here strumming away, but that's, that's, a, that's a worship leader, isn't it? Someone set an example for the believers to follow. And it also reminded me that if you can face down the barrel of a gun and still be found singing a song of hope and trust and faith and worship, I think you can pretty much face anything in this life and still be found with that song of praise on your lips and in your heart, right? Oof. So powerful. I, I uh, you know, when I think of the purpose of songs, they, they, they give the body language to sing collectively, universally. Like you were talking about unity. There's, there's not a more unifying activity than all of us singing the same thing to God. It is, it is, uh, it's, it's just so crucial, and I, I think songwriters specifically are so important to giving us language to articulate to him what the Holy Spirit's doing. And you know, one of the things that I've been burdened with and shared with our uh, worship leaders is um, I, don't, I don't hear a lot of songs um, about the second coming. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's some here and there, but one of the uh, themes of the last days will be the spirit in the bride saying, come. And to, we had a song on an album that we did a, a couple of, it was an album or so ago called Getting Ready. Um, that was, we're getting ready, we're getting ready for you. Um, and then another song, though, that we did on Friday night yeah. that uh, Marcos and the team wrote. I, again, I had no idea what they were saying. But I kept hearing occasional Maranathas being shouted, and I was like, this is a second coming song, you know, like, here we go. And, and, and everyone was singing Yeshua, but it was, it, was, it was awakening a zeal for Jesus to return. And so we talk about songwriting, we talk about the purpose of songwriting, the fruit of songwriting, and how it affects lives. Uh, I, wanna, I wanna talk about songs under the second coming, that's one thing, but I also wanna ask you, Matt, secondly, after I wanna start with Marcos, but then secondly, Matt, what songs we need to be singing as a church. So I wanna talk about the second coming songs, but then just other songs that you think should, should emerge to encourage some of our songwriters in the room. 
But antes de contestar eso, primeramente, Before I answer this, I want to say this. Ya, ya lo dije en privado, pero quisiera agradecer públicamente por dejarte, porque se dejó usar por el Señor para componer. I, I already told them this you. privately, but I want to publicly say that I'm just so grateful that you let the Lord use you the way that he's used you. Amen. Una canción que me marcó fue, I come back. One song that mar really marked me was Heart of Worship. worship. It's all about you. In the ashes. Creo que las canciones que realmente generan un eco en el cuerpo de Cristo es cuando expresan lo que todos queríamos decir y no sabíamos cómo. Por eso digo gracias. Porque siempre quise decir eso. Y cuando él lo dijo, eso es, quiero volver a la iglesia. I always wanted to say that, and then when I heard it, I was like, yes, I want to return to the heart of worship. Yeah. Entonces creo que igual lo que está pasando ahora con un despertar del espíritu acerca del regreso de Cristo. So it's very much the same as now that there's like a an awakening happening with his return in the body of Christ. No, no, no se trata de preguntar y ahora cuál es la moda del momento, qué es lo que va a sonar en las radios. So it's not about asking, okay, well, what's what's the cool thing right now? What's going to be popular on radios? Sino qué está sonando en el cielo. But actually, what is heaven singing? What is heaven saying? ¿Cuál es la canción del espíritu? What is the song of the spirit? El Espíritu y la esposa dicen, ven, Señor Jesús. The Spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus. Así termina la Biblia, así termina la historia. That's how the Bible and that's how the story ends. Mm. Entonces, eh, creo que es un despertar del Espíritu. So it's actually an awakening of the Spirit. Y no una moda de los hombres. And not just like a, a cool thing or a hype thing of men. We didn't create this. Um, no sé cómo es en Norteamérica, pero en América Latina el mensaje del regreso de Cristo ha sido... Eh, a veces incompleto. Um, I don't know how it is in North America, but in South America, the message of his return has been incomplete. Porque se ha hablado mucho con miedo. Because it's actually really spoken of with a lot of fear in his return. Como mm. el Señor viene. The Lord's eh, coming. Eh, como si fuera algo terrible. Like it's like a terrible, scary thing. Es el grande y terrible día del Señor. It's the the great. the great and terrible day of the Lord. Eh, es cierto que es terrible, pero es grande it's también. It's terrible, but it's great. Porque y, y esa parte no es una historia de terror, es una historia de amor. It's not a horror story, it's a love story. Mm. Y, mm. y necesitamos And we need canciones songs que enamoren al cuerpo de Cristo de esa de esa temporada. That'll, that'll, that'll help the body of Christ fall in love with that season, wow. with that reality. Es la mejor parte de la eternidad. It's the best part of eternity. Yeah. Y wow. que muchos eh, en, So, a veces estamos cantando mucho de lo que él hizo. We sing a lot of songs of what he has done. O, hoy estamos cantando mucho de lo que él está haciendo. And right now we're singing songs about what he's doing. Pero right nos now. faltan canciones de lo que él va a hacer. But we need songs of what he's going to do. Mm. Y hoy estamos en, en una iglesia con mayor alto nivel de ansiedad y ataques de pánico. And now uh, we find ourselves as the body of Christ with a lot more um, anxiety in the church. Porque queremos que todo suceda ahora. We want to right now. Y hemos perdido esa bendita esperanza. And we've lost that blessed hope. Y, y necesitamos recuperar eso. And we need to get that back. La, cuando cantamos algo, liberamos revelación de lo que está por venir. When we sing, we release a revelation of what's coming. Y cuando cantamos, estamos provocando que suceda. 
and when we sing we're actually uh, provoking that to happen one of the first times I ever talked to Oscar hey we're going to write songs but we're going to write songs about his return que tenga alegría, que tenga pasión y que eso sea inspirador that that y cambie el miedo por esperanza yeah. yes. este es el sentir that's, that's essentially the, the point of it mm. the heart of it sí. y, y nos emociona no, no, no veo la hora que salga esa, esas canciones we're excited for these songs to be released wow. yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that. The, um, sometimes when we're songwriting, we think about three things, um, reenactment, realization, and anticipation. It sounds complicated, but all it is is make sure in your songs, you're not just singing about the God of today, but you're singing about the God of yesterday, mm. today, and forever. Make sure you're singing about the God who was, and is, and is to come. And sometimes we, we can get stuck in just me and Jesus here today songs. These songs are just basically about me and Jesus here today. And they're important songs and they're wonderful songs. But it's trying to open your eyes up to the bigger picture about, right, reenactment. Let's tell the old, old stories. Let's tell the wonderful deeds that God's done. Let's make sure the cross always shows up in the equation. And then realization, what does that old, old story mean to me here today? And then reenactment, um, sorry, uh, yeah, reenactment, realization, and anticipation. Looking ahead, it's not even the end of the story, like what Marcus said. Sometimes we, we forget this glorious future. We forget to sing about some of these grand themes because we're stuck in the Me and Jesus Here Today songs. And so it's a really great thing to open our eyes up to, to the bigger picture. And, and, um, and so I absolutely love that. Mm. Listen to this scripture. It's, a, it's an anticipation song. It's something that's coming. It's Isaiah 42, uh, verse 10. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea, all that is in it, the islands, you who dwell on them, and the wilderness and its cities lift up their voices. Settlements uh, of Kedar, let the inhabitants of Selah sing aloud. Let them shout for joy from the tops of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. So it's basically all over the earth, songs are gonna emerge, but then the result is 13, that the Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will arouse his zeal like a man of war, and he will utter a shout, yes, and he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies, but he, there's something about our songs that awaken a zeal in the Lord. Um, that ministers to him, that moves him. Um, I love this topic. I, I know there's so many worship leaders that will watch this, and so um, I think this is so encouraging for them. I, I wanted you to share, Matt, the story. Uh, I've been tempted to do it uh, in our community just because we have been so um, worship-centered. We, morning, noon, and night, we're praying. We have uh, a number of worship leaders, intercessors, musicians that are on this stage just manning the place of prayer and ministering to him. We have taken that mandate very seriously as a community. Um, we, we really haven't changed the subject for 10 years. But there's times that I think we've become dependent upon uh, songs and 
instruments. And it's kind of a secondhand encounter where we write on the zeal of a Joel or we write on the zeal of a good service where the Lord is present. Um, but that was taking place, I believe, at your church right outside of London. And you, your, your pastor stripped everything down for a season and said, we're, we're not going to have music. We're not going to sing. And then from that came something really beautiful. So yeah. I'd love for you to share that story. It, it was uncomfortable, honestly. Like, you know, I can tell it like a little romantic story now, but at the time I was like, am I fired? You know, like, what, <laughs> what, what, what am I going to do? And um, yeah, he said, like, we're going to take the band away, the instruments away. The, the, he literally packed the sound system down. He, he's, he's like, we're going to get in the room with our voices and our hearts and the Bible and just see if we can still find our way to the place of praise. And the point being, like, when you come through the doors of the building on, on a Sunday morning, what are you bringing as your offering? What are you going to bring? So don't maybe come as a consumer. Yeah. Yeah, and you will, you will get some great stuff because the, you can't outgive the giver. You can't outgive yeah. God. But, but don't come like that. Come thinking, what can I bring to him today as my offering? And it, and it, was, a bit, it was a bit uncomfortable at first. And then it became really beautiful. And, and all I really did with the song was describe exactly what happened. It's, a, it's literally what happened. When the music fades, all is stripped away. And I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you've required. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear, you're, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Uh, I'd like to say that's the last time I had to learn that lesson. But um, <laughs> unfortunately not, right? We keep learning that lesson in different seasons. Even the whole pandemic and lockdown season. Uh, I had a lot of people telling me they were singing that song again because it, the stripping away was happening mm. and it, in a different way. But the God was, there was a sense of, okay, we're realizing what matters most in this moment. We're realizing what to prize, what to treasure, what to lean into, what to reject, what to review. And, and it's been an interesting moment for that. Mm. I think we should sing that song yes. to end. I, I think there's such a, uh, a resetting for all of us just to come back to that place of yeah you want to do it now this is good Marcos please um, let, let's end that way is that cool hey can you guys give it up for Marcos and Matt just thinking what a treasure uh, tonight uh, tonight Marcos is going to be preaching um, and Joel is going to be interpreting.